Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted that you are here uh, and along for the ride. So many different ways to find this program, and I'm uh, delighted that you've chosen to do so. And I will, as I, uh, as I, as I like to do whenever I come back from a vacation, um, I think it is important that you point out that I recognize I'm a very fortunate person. Because I don't know what you do for a living as you sit here and listen to us, but whatever it is, I wonder if you feel fortunate, privileged, and excited to come back to work when you finish a vacation. Look, I loved my vacation. I had a wonderful time. And I'd be lying if I said to you as I was leaving Colorado on Saturday, boy, I'm so happy to be leaving here. I had the opposite reaction. But I will say, I woke up excited this morning. My alarm went off, and it goes off pretty early. And my alarm went off, and my first thought was, here we go. We got a lot in the hopper. And so I recognize I'm a very fortunate man for that. And I appreciate everyone who has contributed to that. And literally every time you choose to put my show on your TV or your radio or anywhere else, you are the one who is making that happen. So I thank you for that. Now, having said that, let me go back to a question that we raised right before the end of the hour that I think is really interesting. And I don't know that there's historical research that can be done at it or not, but just off the top of the head, can you think of a team in college sports that has been under more pressure to win a game than the Duke players are under on Saturday night. Think about the number of ways that this game means everything to them. And make no mistake, while I think for the Carolina players, coaches, and fans, this game means a great deal. It might be the most important game they can remember. For Duke, this is the biggest game ever. Because there's no coming back from it. Mike Krzyzewski is just concluding. If they lose Saturday night, that will be the conclusion of this historic run. One of the greatest runs that any coach has ever gone on in any sport. And despite the fact that I know he has a lot of haters, and I'm not his PR rep, I don't care whether you love or hate Coach K. But he has done it with enormous amounts, in my opinion, of class and integrity, considering the circumstances. But that's neither here nor there. The fact is that one of the greatest coaches of all time will go out with by far his worst loss. By far. Losing to Carolina in the Final Four as a favorite? Forever ending the debate over who's better? I can't think of a worse loss. So if you asked how does the Krzyzewski retirement factor into all this, I think it's huge, enormous. I think there was already enormous pressure on those players to get Krzyzewski a couple of wins in this tournament, not to have it end in the, in the round of 32. That would have felt awful. Making the Final Four was a success. It made this whole week the Coach K coronation, and if they had lost to Kansas or Villanova, you would have lived with it. If St. Peter's won yesterday, or if Baylor had come out of that region, or whoever else, I forget who was the two, doesn't matter. If someone you expected to come out of that region, Kentucky, that's who I picked, If Kentucky was in this thing and they beat Duke on Saturday night, you would say, what a great run for Coach K. What a great final run. Those kids gave him a great send-off, made the Final Four. Storybook ending. Storybook ending. Not everyone cuts down the nets. Storybook ending. Now, worst ending ever. Like, unimaginably terrible ending. What is something that had a bad ending? The Sopranos. The Sopranos ending, which everybody hated. Way better than this. The last Seinfeld... (laughs) Right? My favorite show of all time. Everyone hates the last episode. Way better than Krzyzewski losing Saturday night to Carolina. You agree or disagree? 
I agree. This is, a, this is an expression most often used with the Yankees, but what people say about playing for the Yankees is those pinstripes are heavy. Those pinstripes wear heavy because what you're doing is wearing the same uniform in effect of ghosts, right? And for so many of these Duke players, a lot of these kids are freshmen. Like, their best players are freshmen. When they're carrying on the legacies of Leitner and Dawkins and Jay Will and J.J. Redick and all those guys, with the specter of Coach, K, uh, Coach K's last season, you definitively saw that wear on them against Carolina the last game. They played so tight. Right. This is magnified times 10. I, this is, I can't imagine a scenario in which college athletes could be under more pressure than this. Right. And, and you know... It's interesting because it could spin the other way, which is to say, Duke, this is great. They get a chance to right that wrong, to, to, to avenge that loss in Coach K's last game at Cameron. But I'll tell you right now, you can say whatever you want about me. If I'm Krzyzewski, this is the last thing I wanted. <laughs> the last game I wanted. Now, you might say Krzyzewski got to be Krzyzewski because this is the first thing he wanted. Because what you want is the challenge. What you want is the one game for all the marbles at the very end. Fine. God bless you. But not me. I wouldn't want it after 42 years or whatever he's been there. I, and I'm playing with house money. I want, give me Kentucky. Let me lose to Coach Cal. I'll live with that. Let me lose to Izzo, who I like and respect. Don't let me lose to Hubert Davis in his first year. Hubert Davis is standing on the court crying yesterday after beating St. Peter's to go to the Final Four. Hubert Davis is going to be the coach of Carolina for the next 20 years. He's got all kinds of time to avenge this. And this isn't even a particularly good Carolina team. They're an eight seed. So you got Duke in there with all the pressure in the world. And it's not his fault. Please do not mistake this to be a criticism of Krzyzewski. It's not his fault. But I do think that they are carrying the... You're right. You said that well. They are carrying Leitner, Ferry, Dawkins, J. Will, Langdon... Battier, the whole, the, I mean, the, 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 all of them. Kubek, <laughs> I'm just naming players. They're all there in spirit. Though. Hurley. They're all there in spirit. They'll all be there more than in spirit. They'll all be in New Orleans sitting at this game. They'll all be sitting there watching. And if they lose this game, it'll be the worst thing ever. Like, I, I can't even fathom how bad this will be. Because it was so flat the last regular season game. Like, when they were cutting to the, all the former Duke players, you know, in the stands, and you felt them... Have, have no chance at the end. You, like, it was almost uncomfortable to watch. I can only imagine that this feeling will be pronounced, and it's on these 18- and 19-year-olds. These aren't, these aren't, this is not Shane Battier and Jay Williams. Paolo Banquero can't drink yet. Right. I, I'm nervous Crazy. for them. I mean, that, that's, that's how we, I have no stake in this. Contrary to what the caller Gregory just accused me of, I'm not trying to, by telling you I think Carolina is going to win, I'm, I'm not rooting for one side or the other. I, honestly, I think in a vacuum I would root for Carolina. I've always been sort of a Carolina fan, but I don't want to see Krzyzewski go out that way. I really don't. Mm. Like, that would just be such an excruciating loss for a person that I generally like. Like, you wouldn't wish that on practically anyone. It also ruins the movie. You, you, you can't make the movie about Coach K's life and then him lose to Carolina right. in the Final Four. You have to pretend says it who? didn't happen. They says don't have who? to change, they no, have no, to change the course no, of No, no, go. No, says who? You can make movies like that. Those are great movies. The good guy, the quote-unquote good guy doesn't always have to win. Name it. Guys. Name uh, it. Name the movie that ends like that. 
There's a lot of them. I, I can't, can't think <laughs> you of You can't it. name one. No, but I would say the, when you talk about the college team, I think that 05 USC team who lost to Texas in the final had that type of pressure, right? They, they're coming off a back-to-back. They're coming off winning that 04. You have guys like Matt Liner and Reggie Bush and and that and those guys, and they lose a heartbreak in, in the final. So I think maybe that's the one of the last teams I can think about that has or had like this type of pressure it's a different level of pressure i understand what you're saying it's a good example but usc texas is not duke carolina Uh, yes they had pressure to win and continue a dynasty and whatever it is but when you think of reggie bush now or matt liner now or pete carroll now do you think yeah they lost that game to texas with Shevsky, this forever. I think this one never goes away. It, the The movie can't end with Jimmy Chitwood missing the shot. Right. It cannot end that they way. They wouldn't have made it. You, if Jimmy Chitwood missed correct. that shot, there would not be a movie Hoosiers. That's right. That's right. They wouldn't have made the movie. I would rather be Leonardo DiCaprio and sink to the bottom of the ocean <laughs> in the last scene of a movie than lose to Carolina in my last game. If given that option, if you said to me, I'm an actor and I can play either one of those roles, I would rather play, and I hate the movie Titanic. You know I hate that. It goes on forever. Uh I was rooting for the iceberg by the end of that movie. But you cannot tell me for one second that you would would not rather, ah, ah, there's no room on this floating door, (laughs) Kate Winslet. Okay, I'll sink to 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 my death. I would rather that than lose to Carolina Saturday night. But here's the thing. What? If and when they win, the movie's amazing. The movie's amazing, and that's sports. Because like sports aren't a script. That's why these kinds of things can happen, and that's what makes sports great, is that Coach K can lose. And the villain that people like Nuno and so many others have despised for 40 years can lose. And the fact that that villain that you've hated for the last 40 years can win and perfectly tie his career. That's what makes sport great. Nate, hey, did you know you can listen to this show commercial-free? You can listen to all your favorite ESPN radio shows and much more without the ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. Nuno, did you just try to tell me something? Yeah, so... Uh- on the Bad News Bears, wasn't there one of the one of those movies where they didn't yes. actually win? The first one. Yes. The, the only one worth watching. Yes, exactly. The and original then, Bad News Bears, Kelly Lee gets thrown out at the plate and they play the tragic theme from Carmen at the very end. The, you know, uh, the, how many Rockies did they have to make so that uh, Rocky Balboa actually wins? Oh, he uh, wins in two. He no, wins in second But he doesn't win one. in one. The usual suspect. But it is a the, win for him. Uh, that is a win. What do you mean the usual suspects? <laughs> Empire, Empire strikes back. There's a lot of movies in general that the good guy doesn't win. So let's let's stop. See, that's the Who problem. Who's the good guy in the usual suspects? There is, well, there. Well, that's the thing. The villain doesn't. You know, the villain doesn't, doesn't always caught. have to. It yeah, you have Kaiser to get Sosa. caught. Yeah, like I think that's the problem with society. We can't just always <laughs> be like the good guy has to win at the end of the day. Nah, tough it up. Like it sucks. It happens. Guess what? If Coach K loses on Saturday, which would be an embarrassment for him and his legacy he can come back tell john shire to chill out for another year or you know do something of that nature st peter's will be looking for a new ho- a new coach because uh Shaheem holloway's gonna go to seton hall like take that job see nuno's in his glory he loves this he can't lose he can't lose in this scenario i don't think i don't think nuno has a downside in mm-hmm. all of this because if duke wins this game they're supposed to win they're better. They're supposed to. Carolina, I'm old enough to remember when Carolina wasn't going to make the tournament this year. I remember waking up on Sunday morning after the Coach K game. I was in L.A. We were out there, and after that night, and I put on SportsCenter, and the first thing I hear is, what this win does for Carolina is it assures them of a spot in the tournament. They weren't assured of that, and I forget who said it, but one of our people said it. 
They weren't assured of a spot in the tournament three weeks ago, or however long ago that is. It's not very long. And now they're in. They're playing with, comparatively speaking, house money. I get this game means a lot to them. And, but I don't think they're carrying the ghosts mm. of Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins and James Worthy and all those guys in the same way. I don't think they carry it. I mean, Roy Williams is sitting there. <laughs> He's sitting there wearing a mask. So, like, the, 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 the ghosts of Carolina are, are, are totally different than Krzyzewski in his final year. That's the thing. It's his la- if he loses, it's his last game, and you know it going in. I actually think if they lose, he has to come back. I really do. Just change it all. I think he has Reverse to. course. I, I think you have to. You have to come back and try and avenge that. Like, you just can't leave it there. And as I said earlier, I just don't like the fact that it winds up answering the unanswerable question. I don't like one side or the other having forever bragging rights in an argument like this, in a rivalry like this. All right, uh, this is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Coming up next, one NBA coach said the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, and yet it makes perfect sense, and you'll hear what it was next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. As always, going to throw open the phones for some of your calls as we continue in a moment. Here we'll get your hot takes. I've been gone a week. I've gone through all the stuff I thought was most important. We spent a lot of time on the tournament this morning on Duke Carolina and everything else, and we'll see what you want to talk about. Uh, I'll tell you when to call in just a couple of minutes. I I just got a notification, by the way, from ESPN Fantasy Games, and I could only describe what they're doing as rubbing it in by sending me a note telling me how I'm doing on my brackets. So in the round of 64, there were a possible 320 points at stake. I got 220. So I had 220 out of 320 after round one. In the second round, there were 320 points at stake, and I got 200. So I was doing okay. In the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, and National Championship combined, so the four rounds that have come after the first weekend, there are a combined 1,280 possible points, of which I have received zero and have the potential to get zero more. <laughs> I have not what? won a single game. I've not gotten a single pick right since the Sweet 16, since teams went from 16 to 8. I've not gotten a single – I did not get a single point in the Sweet 16. Since the second weekend started. You're correct. I did not have a single team of, – of, what that means is when there were eight teams left, I had none of them. Wow. How many of the Elite Eight did you have? Stand by. I, no, no. How many of the Elite Eight did you have? 
Like, I, I didn't have any of it. I had, obviously, I had Duke getting knocked out. I'm just trying to think of the teams anybody had. I had Kansas. My big upset was going to be Kansas getting knocked out. I had Gonzaga and Arizona and Kentucky and Iowa in the Final Four. They were all gone immediately. I what? only had three. I had Houston, Villanova, and Kansas. That was it. That's what I had. You had Houston? I had Houston. You had Houston getting to the Elite Eight? Yeah, I trusted BPI. I was looking at the metrics. That's I should have I looked at the metrics. I, should, I, mean, I, I, I didn't I don't know what the hell I looked at, but whatever it was, <laughs> make sure you don't look at it anytime in the near future. Uh, that's what's on your mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. What's on my mind, meanwhile, is this. I'm sorry, what? what, what? I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, so one coach said the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, and yet it kind of makes perfect sense. This was Lakers coach Frank Vogel. This was after practice Friday. So this is before the Lakers lost another ridiculous game last night in which LeBron James had to do everything and it still wasn't enough. Frank Vogel said this. He is as deserving for MVP consideration as anybody in the league. You know, I know the, how, the, how the voting goes. You know, the team with the best record or, or top couple of records usually gets most of those considerations. So the win-loss record uh, definitely would probably hurt him. But you can't tell me that anybody's you know, played uh, a better season than LeBron James has this year. So it's fascinating. This is the first time ever, and I can officially tell you this, that I have been officially invited to be an MVP voter because I'm hosting the NBA show now. They gave me a vote. I told you I voted for the All-Star teams. I'm very happy with the way those went, and I will be voting for MVP. In which case, we have to fill out our top five choices. That's the way that voting works. You pick them, you order them, one, two, three, four, five, and, and I don't know exactly how many people vote, but however many there are, they tally all of that up, and that's how they arrive at the MVP and the other postseason awards this year, which I'm super excited to be a voter for. I do not believe I'm going to put LeBron in my five, despite the fact that he makes a fascinating case. I don't know how much better you could play than LeBron has played. LeBron James is 37 years old. He's averaging 30 points a game. Michael Jordan, the last time he averaged 30 points in a season, was 32 years old. LeBron has five years at minimum more NBA mileage on his legs. Plus, he didn't play in college, so he played the NBA grind three years that Jordan didn't. Plus, he has played these prolonged postseasons. Now, Michael played a lot of those too, but whatever. He just played a lot more years than Michael did. So I think that we could describe what LeBron is doing as unimaginably great. Like, he is having a brilliant season. He is the only... How many... They've won four games since the All-Star break. How many points has he scored in those four wins? 180 points. 180 points. It's an average of 45 points a game. Even I can do that math that quickly. (laughs) They need him to score 45 points to win a single game. They stink. They're so bad. So I wish we could create some sort of award for LeBron because I think he deserves some, what's the word I'm looking for? He deserves to be recognized in some way for the season he's had because He should have checked out a long time ago. Now, he's chasing, he chased down Malone and he'll chase down Jabbar. But I don't think he's that close to retiring. He's got plenty of time to do that. The fact that he's still out there in games like last night, they blow a 23-point lead and lose to New Orleans. LeBron scores 39 and they still lose. But I guess I'd ask you, can I even put him among my five? 
Well, it depends on how you're defining I've valuable. I've always argued the V is the most important letter in MVP. I've had this argument in baseball forever. I'm the one who has said a million times, you cannot give MVP to a player in baseball on a last place team because without him, they would have finished in last place. And I argued against it. Didn't A-Rod win it one that year? Mm-hmm. And I think Andre Dawson won it once on a last place team. And I've always said, I don't care how good a player is. If we're using the term most valuable player, change it to most outstanding player. When the Final Four ends next Monday night, they will name a mop, the most outstanding player. You could put LeBron James in that conversation if you wanted to. Okay, so you'd be more inclined to put him on, say, your first team All-NBA than you would your five-person MVP valet. I would. I would. What do you think? Those are different things is what you're saying. Let me go to Nuno here, my vice president of Basketball Insight. Hembo just brought up an interesting question. If you had an MVP vote this year, Nuno, you get five choices. Would LeBron be one of them? Um, just thinking about it real quick, probably not because nah. it's Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Tatum deserves a vote. I think at this point in time, or to be in that top five, you know, you guys guys like Luca and and Devin Booker. So like, I don't think so. Yeah. So so forgetting even who the five are, like if your team is twelve games under five hundred and might miss the play in, very hard to name any player on that team an MVP, but. If you were naming your first team All NBA right now, Nuno, would he be on your five? Yes, I still think he he is still a top five player in this league. He, he may have had a top five season. He really may have had on this God for, and that is the ultimate indictment of this team. Uh, just how bad they've been that he has had a top five season and they're going to miss the play. The the Lakers' most used three man lineup since the All Star break includes Austin Reeves. Yeah. He looks like he works at a Froyo place. <laughs> they are, if you're keeping him off of the MVP They ballot, love Austin Reeves, by the sure, way. Sure, but I think you're actually penalizing LeBron for, the pl- for who he's playing with, and I don't think that's would fair. Would you give him an MVP vote? I would, I would he would probably, be in your top five. He would be pro- I, would give him, I would put him five, because I think he deserves to be on that ballot. That could be one of the things you call about. Right now, I'm opening my phone lines to you at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Time for your hot takes. Anything you, anywhere you want to go. I've been gone a week. Lots to catch up on. Give me a call. Also, I invite you to try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless. with nationwide 5G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. Your calls are next. Next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Coming to your calls in 30 seconds here on ESPN Radio after this word from Vivid Seats with a safe return of live events. You can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats, every alley-oop, every one-timer, every sideline grab can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you can earn rewards like free tickets. All you have to do is collect stamps, redeem, and repeat. It's that easy. From upper level to courtside, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the events that matter to you. So grab your tickets today. Cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats Life happens live. 
Again, this is my first day back from a, a lovely vacation, and so I've invited you to call with your hot takes on whatever you want to get into after what's been a really busy week that I missed. We have all this football stuff that we were talking about today. We have the NBA, the Lakers stink. Kyrie loses his first game in Brooklyn. You have, obviously, the NCAA tournament, the Final Four, Duke and Carolina. We spent a lot of today on, so wherever you wish to go. I wish to hear your hot takes at 888-SAY-ESPN. Cam is in for Bubba today, and he will get the call started for us. Cam, who's our first caller? We've got DeAndre first. All right, DeAndre, take it away on ESPN Radio. What's your hot take? So my hot take is that LeBron most definitely needs to be, I think, top four consideration uh, for MVP this year. He's, I think, outperforming anybody but Embiid. This year, personally, and I understand that the record doesn't say so, but this just goes to show that his his uh, goat talk when it comes to Jordan and everybody bases it all off of rings and everything like that, this is just going to be another season that goes down in the books that he didn't win, so he doesn't deserve to be better considered better than Jordan when he's having, at 37 years old, one of the best years of his career. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying, DeAndre. Thank you for the call. Those two, th- those are two separate thoughts to me. So if LeBron is now at a place and he is where the comparisons for him are ghosts, you're not comparing him to even the best players, this KD, Steph Curry, and he's clearly historically speaking, the greatest player of his generation. It's not close. The last player of his magnitude in the NBA was Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. Those, those guys are, are, those are the guys who were on his level. And neither one of them has played in years. So he's, his place in the historical pantheon is higher than any other active player. So what each season can be judged as is a referendum on his historical greatness. So I would ask, his team might miss the play-in tournament at best, they're going to finish ninth in a, in a Western Conference that isn't as good as the East this year. In your view, Hembo, will this year, should this year, go down as a plus or a minus, a pro or a con on the LeBron ledger? This year should go as a plus on the LeBron ledger because we can all tell in watching this team that they have no shot and that he's playing brilliantly. And I don't even think LeBron may have, would have thought this, but his, all, like his best shot at Jordan now is longevity. Like Endurance is a big thing in sports. And he is demonstrating more endurance than anyone this side of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm, I'm willing to give him something of a pass, given how bad the collection of players is around him and the fact that Anthony Davis is out. Now, Nuno may be frantically screening calls. Can you hear me, Nuno, or do you have a second no, to chime you. in? Is this year a plus or a minus on the historical ledger for LeBron? I think it's a minus well. because, and this is why, the NBA is pretty much, is, has made it easy for a team like this are you know with the play-ins and you might miss the play-ins with an historical season like this like that screams just like and then add the fact that he is quote unquote the the unofficial GM of that team like this is a bad look for him i don't care if that he and i appreciate that he's hurt and he's playing and so forth but like it's a bad look that you lost when you all you have to do is finish in the top 10 and you make the play-in there is nothing more predictable than Nuno saying this was going to be a negative season for LeBron Here, Here's what I would say. Should they be this bad? Like, they're 12 games under 500. Should they be this bad? Yes, they should not be one of the best teams in the West. With the injuries they've had and the roster construction and the the acquisition of Russell Westbrook, which was just a catastrophic disaster. Should they be 12 games under 500? 
San Antonio is one game from passing them into the 10 spot in the West. If, if LeBron James did not play a game for the Lakers this season, they would have been the worst team in the NBA. That, I think that's true. So it's, all, I, it's, all, it's all relative. It's all relative. Sure, they, they, they might wind up missing the playoffs, but it's very, it, it could also be but true. But if that's your ledger, mm-hmm. they're much closer to the worst team than they are the best. The worst record in the NBA is 20-55. and 55. Three different teams have it. Houston, Orlando, and Detroit. The Lakers are only 11 and 8. They're only eight and a half games ahead of that. They're 29 and a half games out of first place in the West. <laughs> so they're a hell of a lot closer to being the worst team than they are the best. It, it's a tough one. I, I agree with you. I would give it to LeBron on the plus side of the ledger, but only a little. Not a lot. This, this would not be one of his great seasons, uh, no matter how good his numbers have looked. Um, Cam, who is next? Patrick is next, and Patrick is in Chicago. Patrick in Chicago, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me a hot take. Yeah, man, I'm going to try to not go nuclear here. It is disgusting and pathetic to me, this LeBron worship. First of all, we added two new seeds to be able to have a chance to go to the playoffs, and you still are that bad with you on the team? And, yeah, he's scoring a lot of points because they have nobody else to score, so he's just ball-hogging. He loafs on defense, doesn't give a crap. You can't count him on in the, in the clutch. And you know what? In 2011, he was the fifth-highest scorer in that finals against Dallas. Jason Terry scored more points than him. I'm sick of it. It's ridiculous. All right, Patrick, I, I appreciate you getting your say. I don't think 2011 belongs in this conversation. He, he, here's what I will give you that I agree with, Patrick. And, and one of the things I hope everyone understands about this program is that if we agree or disagree, it's all good with me. I don't agree with what Patrick just said, but I'm appreciative that you took the time to call, and I'm glad that you said it. 2011, to me, is way worse on LeBron's historical ledger than this. This team sucks. And with LeBron playing at his best, as well as he is, let's even, let, let's, let's even, I, I just told you I would not put him in my top five. I don't plan to put him in my top five for MVP. So, Patrick, to that degree, I agree with you. But it's, not, it's nothing compared to 2011. 2011 is the one thing on his ledger that can never come off. You can't undo it. It's a championship. They would have won and should have won, and he's the reason they didn't. And that's the one thing that you will never have on Michael Jordan's ledger. Never. That doesn't exist. There was never a year that team should have won the title and didn't. Frankly, there was never a year that that happened. Just stop. Even further, if you want to say there was never a year that that team should have won the championship and didn't, and it's his fault. But you don't even have to go that far. Jordan's teams never should have won the championship and didn't. That team for LeBron absolutely should have won the championship. Now, the one thing, Patrick, I'm going to make you even madder now because I'm going to try and give, and look, I am a steadfast Michael guy. If you listen to me, you know I am Jordan number one, and it's not even, there's no debate. But the one thing I will say is something that has worked against LeBron, and you could argue he started it, is the super teams teaming up. If Kevin Durant hadn't gone to Golden State, how many championships would LeBron have now? Nuno, if Kevin Durant had not gone to Golden State, would LeBron have at least one more ring right now? Yes. I see. I agree. I agree. Jordan didn't have to deal with that. But if Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, and Clyde Drexler all decided, you know what, we're going to team up someplace and beat the Bulls, they probably would have. 
At some point, you just can't fight that. So that's the one thing. The league was different then, and I think that has hurt LeBron. But if if LeBron had never left Cleveland, he would probably not have four championships because he won two in Miami. So it works both ways, does it not? It works both ways. Yeah, as I just said, he started this trend. Mm -hmm. Who knows what would have happened if the trend never existed? Uh, what you're saying is if he had just stayed and played out his career in Cleveland and never left in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, he probably would not have won. Uh, who knows? I mean, I don't know what would have wound up happening. He, he was going to become the best player in the sport, whether he left there or not. He, he already was right around that time. That was, that was right at the end of Kobe being the best player in the league. He, he handed that torch to LeBron. LeBron mm-hmm. was going to take the torch in Cleveland or Miami or wherever he was. But to Patrick's point... And it's a good hot take. That's the thing from his ledger that I think hurts him way more than this. By the way, the hot takes are brought to you by 303 Products. 303 Products has your number with a full line of premium protectants and cleaners. They have everything you need to keep your car looking new longer. Cam, who's next? Randy in Virginia, Greeny. Randy, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny, how you doing today? Good. I think you are only half right on your Duke Carolina take. Go. The semifinal game being more important than who wins it because of a rivalry win, I think you're right there. Mm-hmm. But I thought I heard you use the phrase eternal bragging rights. Yes, I that's do. That's where I think Why? you might not be right. Why not? Because I thought, once upon a time, I thought I had eternal bragging rights. I've been a Yankees fan since the day I was born, and for 35 years, a very dear friend has been a Sox fan. And for the first 20 years, 25 years of that relationship, it didn't matter how far ahead the Sox were. All I had to say was 27 championships, Mm -hmm. and it shut him up. But now they've won three in a row, and I can't say anything. I believe that eternal bragging rights can change based on what have you done for me lately. Let me counter that. It's an excellent call. I'm very glad you called. Thank you very much. Let me give you my counter-argument. The narrative on Yankees-Red Sox shifted because the teams played each other in the ALCS and the Red Sox came from 3-0 down to beat them. The reason I'm saying these bragging rights are eternal is that there's no reason to expect them to meet in the tournament ever again. They never had before. How long have Duke and Carolina both been playing basketball? It's got to be, the tournament goes back to 1939. Were both of them playing that early? They probably were. If not, pretty close. Let's say they, at minimum, both go back to the 50s and probably longer than that. So the NCAA tournament gets played every year, and they hadn't met in it for the first 70 or 80 years they had an opportunity to do it. So that's what I mean by eternal. If I thought they would play each other again in the tournament, then yeah, whoever loses this Saturday could gain the bragging rights back. doesn't apply to Coach K, of course, because he won't be a part of it. But you could get the eternal bragging right. The bragging rights would not be eternal. What I'm trying to say is, let's just use Duke wins this game on Saturday. Let's go the other way because I think it's more monumental. Let's say Carolina wins this game on Saturday night. And then Duke beats them next year by 50 in both meetings. You tell me who has bragging rights. Let's say they beat him by 50 every year for the next five years. You tell me who has bragging rights. Those bragging rights stick around forever. Now, obviously, nothing is complete and perfect. So by forever, I don't literally mean forever. But what I do mean is in the foreseeable future, there is nothing that is likely to happen 
that will undo this. It would have to be so one-sided for this to be flipped that I think it's basically impossible to have it happen. Their, their first meeting all time was January 24th, 1920. 1920. That's 102 years ago. So I think I rest my case. Awesome calls today. Thank you, everybody, for the hot takes. Can I just finish with a little funny note? I hope this is a good note. I hope it makes everybody feel good. And it is a very 2022 thing that happened today. So we have started, as, as you may know, because of the impact it's had on sports, in New York City, they have been relaxing the uh, rules left and right, mandates, vaccine mandates, etc. We still have masking uh, policies here in our studios at, um, at ESPN. And again, I support whatever the policies are. The people who are making those decisions, I firmly believe, are doing so because they think they're in the best interest of everyone. But we have one of our audio technicians, whose name is Max, who I feel like I've known for a very long time. He's been working here a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but a a minimum of two years. I'm going to say a minimum of two years. And today, for the first time, I saw him without a mask. And he looks nothing like I thought he did. (laughs) Do you know how weird it is to know a person for two years and say, boy, that's not what I thought you looked like. But from the eyes up, he looks just like Robert Sala. I've commented many times, he looks like the coach of the Jets. When the Jets first hired him, Max came in to put my mic on one day, and I said, you know, you look just like Robert Sala. Today, for the first time, I saw him without a mask on. Looks nothing like Robert Sala. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. He's just got the bald head. And that's the only connection. And so I thought to myself, has there ever been a time that you can think of where that could happen, that you could know someone as well as I think I know Max for two years <laughs> and not know what he looks like. It's a very strange you phenomenon. You have interacted with Max hundreds of times. Hundreds. He, he has mic'd you up every, every day. Every full, day. Since the pandemic, at least. S- since he started here. I, he may predate the pandemic. I don't think he's predating the pandemic here. Brandon is saying he does. But did he always work on our show? Because I just don't feel like I knew what he looked like until today. (laughs) Or maybe he just, maybe A, maybe his appearance has changed. B, maybe my memory just isn't what it used to be. Two years is a long time. Well, did you wish he he looked more or less like Robert Sala now that you've seen the whole facade? I don't really care how much he looks like or doesn't look like Robert Sala, (laughs) but I'm a tad put off by him having faked looking like Robert Sala. (laughs) As long as he did. Like, he could have at some point said to me, you know, actually, Greeny, I look nothing like Robert (laughs) Sala. Trust me. See you tomorrow. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.